Mr. Stern. And what I found, I found, and we're not going to get to all of them because it's just 30 of them. So 30 defining moments uh, in his career. And they are a lot of different issues, a lot of different tags, if you will, Mm -hmm. that will go along with it. So we'll kind of try and keep it one or two from the early stages, one or two from the middle, and one or two from the tail end of his career. So with that being said, the first one that I want to get to, and these are, I think this this list is his chronological list. This is from May, May, June, May, June, 1984. And this is the Magic Bird, Magic versus Bird. So just a little bit of history, folks. If you don't know, uh, David Stern took office on February the 1st, 1984. Four months later, what they called the NBA dream matchup, Celtics-Lakers in the finals came true. I remember these finals. All the big talk, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, um, and this was their first meeting postseason since their major battle, 1979 NCAA championship. Uh, by this time, each player had already won one title. And these particular finals rekindled arguably one of the best rivalries in mm-hmm. NBA league history. So when people talk about David Stern in this uh, situation, and one of these being this being one of the defining moments of his career, I think it was great for the NBA. It was handled very well. Um, like we said, it, there was already an NBA history among these players, and at the time, there wasn't the urgency, if you will, to present it to the media to get the media involved it it was kind of this is what it is these are your two stars we've been waiting for this here it is let's see what happens which i think was one of the one of the best attributes of david stern because until later in his career he gave things the areas to play themselves out before he got involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he did a he did a heck of a job, man, <clears throat> in terms of uh salary wise. I know mm-hmm. that Charles Barkley said, you know, coming in the league, salaries is about two hundred thousand. Then he looked up now salaries probably close to peace, about five to six million. That had a lot to do with the global aspect of the sport mm-hmm. that David Stern helped propel, you know, with the dream team and all that stuff. Like he had been for years he had been trying to trying to push it globally. And I remember watching this documentary um right before the dream team popped. And um and and uh Charles Barkley said to David Stern, uh, I I guess I guess you want me to to act act like I'm gonna be on good behavior. You know what you're getting if you send me over there. Mm-hmm. And he's told him, Charles, 
Just be Charles. Mm-hmm. That that's who you are. Who who you are is who mm-hmm. you are, and that's that's a sort of a testament of of the type of character this dude is because he was right. he was cool with this dude possibly throwing somebody out a window. Could you, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this this mm-hmm. is what they knew about Charles Barkley. Absolutely, is this who he is? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was willing to kind of like throw it out the window, so to speak. And let this man be who he was. Out yeah. on a basketball court, mm-hmm. thousands of miles away from 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 the US. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean this dude, man, he literally changed the landscape yeah. of the sport. Yeah. I think if he does not push for the international game, mm-hmm. I don't know if basketball would be I don't I don't think the game would be as fluid. Right. As it is now. Right. I mean, the, the in terms of skill sets. Right. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys, like like we say, the center mm-hmm. is really not I, a same position anymore. Yeah, I don't because, think it would be as popular outside of the United yeah, States yeah. as it is today. Yeah. It, it would still be just an American yeah. sport. Because everything that's... And, and people, some of the, the younger people who, who didn't experience the NBA under David Stern could argue... Well, they got foreign players now. Look at Luca and, and who and uh, Porzingis and, and this and that and the third. But as we always say, youngins, do your history, yeah. do your research. Who opened the door for that? Mm-hmm. Somebody had to open the door. Somebody had to do something for that to happen. Yeah. All those American players that did not make the league went overseas. Went overseas. They initially. I remember UNLV, uh, George Ackles. Mm-hmm. George Ackles didn't get drafted, so he went to China. One of the people that George Ackles helped become a big man was Yao Ming as a 10-year-old. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this dude played in China for like 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. He had been an international guy for years. He was helping develop the big man. Yeah. Now, he might not have been the greatest center ever, but he had... Influence of the guys that he played against in right. college were top notch. Top notch, yeah. He was on a on a winning team. He was on a nationally ranked team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So taking that experience to somebody at nine, ten, eleven, Kobe right. playing in, yeah. in an Italian league at ten, eleven, professionally mm-hmm. playing against these dudes had a lot to do with his development. Yeah. And and that's and that's mm-hmm. due to. Yeah. A lot of the things that David Stern saw in the European game, right, and said, "Man, again, I don't we know if we're good with all these guys coming out of high school without the skill set." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which, which then turned into that conversation, which right. I think he handled kind of, yeah, all right. At first, yeah. I was like, "Yo, come on, man!" Let's and, and you know, I think people may argue um, nowadays. Um, not really knowing the full situation, mm-hmm. but y- you have to argue and, and you have to understand hockey, NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Three out of the four major sports in the in the country have it where at one point mm-hmm. you can come out of high school and go straight and go right and be in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And now, mind you. When all that started, MLB 
and NHL were the staples for that mm -hmm. because they had the farm systems right. already set up. Right. Major League Baseball had grapefruit leagues mm -hmm. and all these other minor leagues and this and that. Hockey had these other leagues, you know, where guys come in and play and whatever, whatever. The NBA, before the D-League, mm -hmm. didn't have that. And it was, you're going to take this chance, but now you got to realize you're playing against grown men mm -hmm. who are playing for their livelihood. And you got to be special. You had to be special to play in the CBA. Right. You've got to be special to be 18, 17, 18, coming out of high school, to, to go and perform at that level. Mm -hmm. When arguably still, and that, but, but more at that point, best players, basketball players in the world. You had to be special coming out of high school. Now, we talked about that, and you talk about the, the major sports. Football. You can't come out of football until next nah. junior. Ain't it's freshman, sophomore, it's not going to happen. Maurice Claret tried. It's not going to happen. And, and people forget what Ray Lewis told Maurice Claret. Mm -hmm. uh, We're not going to tell you again. Go Google it. Like Google everything else and find it. <laughs> and you'll understand what we're talking about a lot better. But getting back to your point with the overseas and the international play. Another example Later, down the line, Stephon Marbury. Mm -hmm. Stephon Marbury was a star in the NBA. He was on the verge of becoming a superstar. For whatever reasons, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. He goes to China, plays in China, and becomes a legend, icon. an icon. Yeah. He has his own statue in China. Yeah. An American from New York City. Mm -hmm. is an icon in a country thousands of miles away from his natural home. Yep. Lots of parts because of the conversations, the business dealings, the things that were had between international sports and David Stern. Yeah. And Definitely. I, I, had, I, had, I don't know if you had this on your on your uh your list of things but i have been reading this um article uh, i think it was two days ago um it was a uh, it was in the la times about david stern and um the uh the the owner over at golden state uh mm -hmm. what's this dude's name uh is that maury no that's not maury rick welts okay rick welts and no he's a president he's not the owner he's the president rick welts and at the time, uh, David Stern had hired him back in the day to be part of of like a promotions team mm -hmm. of the NBA, and he was doing promotions. And dude at the time was in the closet about his sexuality. This is the early night. In the closet about his sexuality. And apparently dude's partner passed away or whatever. And... David Stern gave him a check to start a foundation for Dude. And at the time, Dude didn't let everybody know what was going on in his life. This was something that David Stern did because, you know, out of friendship, mm -hmm. listen, I feel you some type of way or whatever. Gave him that. And that kind of started the whole conversation when Magic said, 
that he had it, the NBA locked right in and pushed the whole envelope of being safe. And, and, right. and you know what I mean? And I don't know if a lot of people remember, but after Magic said he had the virus in, in that 92 era, 91, 92 era, mm-hmm. it was nothing but commercials, man, for like yeah. AIDS research, uh, uh, practice safe sex. 91. and Yeah, it was it was The actual crazy. announcement date was November the 7th, 1991. Yeah. Because the, the issue was Magic, Magic was on a plane. He had just took his physical. Magic was on his way to a game, mm-hmm. to a to a, uh, a preseason game, when they got the call from the physicians telling him to come back. And he like, well, what's going on? He's like, ah, oh, well, we telling you, we you right. just got to come back. And then he got the news that he had tested positive for HIV, and that started a whole ripple effect through the league. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In terms of awareness, and then naturally, Magic becomes the spokesman. Yeah. But but Rick Welts said that, you know, the fact that that uh David Stern was just kind enough to to like be in my corner at the time when I was going through all these transitions, let me know that there was no homophobia on his behalf because he would have never yeah, hired me never if that was the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was there was no this is just about the character. Yeah, there of was this no dude. judging. Yeah, there was no judgment. Right. You know what I mean? This is about the character of this dude. And, you know, we can talk about a lot of things that he did in terms of the mm-hmm. sport, propelling the sport and all that. But stuff like this is a little different because right. it talks about your character. Right. You know what I mean? And your character plays a whole lot in, in how somebody can utilize you, yeah. u- eulogize you in their own house. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you might have did a whole lot of stuff for people, but, but there's always going to be somebody that's going to be like, yeah, but... uh. Yeah, boy was a little crazy. He, he acted a little cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People will eulogize gonna, you. It's going to find something. <clears throat> People will eulogize you. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the consensus will be the majority of the people and majority right. rules, the majority of the people, if they're saying nothing but positive things about you, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you are a complete positive person. Absolutely. And so this is just like a little small testament of what this dude you know what he was to certain, to some people that, that I never heard about this. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, it's bad that you know he passes away to hear things like this. But I had never heard this story before, and I just happened to be running through some stuff reading, and that popped up. And I find that kind of I find that kind of kind of crazy though, man. That you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't like you know the the, the generosity of people in there. And their connections with people. Right. That energy is real, man. Yeah, definitely. That energy is real. There yeah, is no telling what could have happened if he'd have reacted a different a way. different way. Right. You know what I mean? There's no telling. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna bounce around some more. And we talked about recently, the last two summers, especially I guess this last summer, about the last two summers, if you will, free agency, mm-hmm. team salary caps. The contracts with teams. So, this 1984 again. So, we're looking at 36 years ago. Head of David Stern's full season as commissioner, NBA instituted a maximum team salary cap. I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I don't want people to think I didn't say what I said. So, I'm going to say it. 
and then I'm gonna give you the paper body so you can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ahead of David Stern's first full season as NBA commissioner, the NBA instituted a maximum team salary, three point six million. But this was not a hard cap. It allowed a handful of exceptions that allowed teams to help keep their cores together and improve even if they were against the cap limit. So now this is all before the luxury tax mm-hmm. and all these other things. The only other thing that's mentioned in here is the Larry Bird exemption. Mm-hmm. Okay? And looking at this, these numbers, it says, the last thing it says for this particular section, salary cap for the 2013-2014 season is $58.6 million. So like I did what I said, I'm going to show it to you because Baldi's live and I'm YouTube live. Now I said before his full first full year, the team salary was $3.6 million. But back then there was a, an awful it was an awful lot of wiggle room because you see it also says it wasn't a hard cat. Right. So that gave teams the room to keep their players and keep their core players. But we talking, like we said, 36, almost 40 years ago. Wow. And what is the salary cap now? Hundred plus. Hundred something. Hundred plus for the team. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's and, a heck of. And you have now, you now have a luxury tax. Mm-hmm. You've got players labeled with max contracts. Thirty six years ago, and which then it, and, look, and then you go from 2013-2014, the cap was fifty eight point six million. So mm-hmm. you talk it like you really going almost twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Twenty years later, it's literally it's literally fifty five million dollars more. Yeah. Now we go back to what we talked about in free agency. Who was the first free agent in that David Stern era, mm-hmm. which we call unrestricted free agent, was Tom Chambers, mm-hmm. and Tom Chambers really catapulted. The free agency era where you can go people where don't give you Tom Chambers to go. People don't give Tom Chambers credit. Yeah. A lot of people, it, I think, don't know that yeah. about Tom Chambers as well. And that story was crazy, too, because it involved David Stern because they were at a players' union meeting. Mm-hmm. And the players' union meeting was saying, listen, we have teams that are holding us hostage. Right. I want to be free. And then shortly after Tom Chambers left, well, then... Charles Barkley was the next top free agent who left. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy how how David Stern pushed for the free agency of the players. Do I think that he know it would start the super teams of now? Nah. I don't think that way. But think about how guys got traded back in the day and think about how how with with really true no no free agency, no unrestricted free agency and things like that. You got guys like uh, you got the the Lakers dynasty that came through the Boston, the uh, the Detroit's, the Sixers. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff was built through the draft. The draft. The yes, draft, and then trades. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you had to have some negotiating skills at that particular mm-hmm. time because the, there was no free agents. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of crazy, man. How how he. He had to sit in those meetings and and hear from the player side mm-hmm. of things, and then hear from the owner side of things, but then think of the bottom line is that revenue. Right. How is this going to affect the revenue? Absolutely. You know what I mean? 
Stu had a heck of a job mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah. So, we talk about that, and we move along. Because um, it's a lot, like we said. And a lot of these uh, defining moments also played played a major role in understanding the character of David Stern, the man, not just David Stern, the NBA commissioner. So we push along a little forward. We go to February 1986, February 25th to be exact. You have to be an avid basketball fan to know what's coming next and what this situation and how the situation evolved. You talk about now you have guys that are do things in professional sports and they get banned mm-hmm. or suspended or whatever. So the most recent ban, I believe, in the NBA has been O.J. Mayo. Mm-hmm. A definite ban. Like, yeah, I'm not uh, talking about, you know, Mayor certain Ron times and all this yeah. or whatever. Suspended, you know, indefinitely, whatever. This is like a total ban where they actually use the word ban. So February 25th, 1986, Michael Ray Richardson was banned. Mm-hmm. Um, very could have been at that time. He was all eighty six. He was all star. Mm-hmm. Could have been very very controversial. Could have been detrimental to David Stern. Mm-hmm. Again, character, the respect that he earned, and the things that he did. So it was a known fact, or there was rumors of a known fact, being that. NBA was rampant with the use of cocaine mm-hmm. and alcohol. Okay, whatever. Uh, David Stern made a strong statement about the league's position on the epidemic by banning Richardson, an all-star. He banned him for life, but he banned him for his third failed drug test. Uh, ultimately, the league was criticized for his failure to help players battling addiction and for waiting so long to crack down. Well, to the defense of type of person, the type of commissioner I think David Stern was, uh, I think that's a, not a fair statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pay attention, it was his third right. failed drug test. He was a test. repetitive offender. Third. So... After the first one, there's something put in place. Right. As far as helping the player and as far as watching the player. I'm sure he stays the guidelines. Second time, it intensifies. Third time, same thing. After we discussed it twice, something's got to happen. Something's got to be done. Something's got to change. The only way we can change it, we can take this away from Take it away from it. Somebody got to be made the example. So, got to take it away from you. And you failing your third test. And don't get me wrong. I was a very big fan of Michael Ray Richardson. Loved this game. Mm-hmm. But, again, understanding the business side of the NBA and the image that could have been in this situation. Um, leading up to the second time the NBA dealt with a cocaine issue. Mm-hmm. The number two pick, Len Bias, died of a cocaine overdose. Months later, 
the Suns were torn apart by a drug scandal in the late 80s, and Stern banned Chris Birdman Anderson in the 2000s. Everybody must have been playing that song. White lines. Had to be. They had to be. Oh, mama. You know, it's, and it's crazy because, like you said, it, how far it stretched. 1986. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Then you say months. So you say, hey, we're still in the 80s. Right? Yeah. The next band was in the 2000s. So, it was a message sent. There was something in place. There was stuff abided by for a long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. Which, for discussions uh discussion purposes i understand how it happened in that time frame it, it, it's the typical mantra of those type of situations if you will oh it ain't nothing happened and he i know yeah, what he did with the locker room him, so. and I, I was with him yeah. last night i know what his yeah. night was like mm-hmm. you know what i mean hell my night was you know what i mean yeah. and, and then, so okay i can get away with it but, but then it gets to that point where it becomes a head, it brings the head. Mm-hmm. And now something's gotta be done once again. It's the same situation. Yeah, same thing over again. It's yeah, just same recycled. Yeah. You know, it's gotta be taken over. So then the league later added marijuana to its banned substance list after a spate of player arrest and citations. So in a small way, it kind of got out of hand. Because you got with the citations and the arrest, you got players thinking or having the idea, the cocaine, get you suspended, get you banned, whatever. I'm just going to smoke some weed. Mm-hmm. I can get through that. I might get a day. I might get a game off or something like that. I, It ain't that bad. Mm-hmm. Snowball effect. Now you're doing it because you feel as though you can get or believe that you can get away with it. You might get a slap on the wrist at worst. Now you're out in the community. Now you're getting arrested. You are an image of the NBA. Right. What do we always say? NBA. Protected. NFL. NHL. Multi-billion dollar conglomerate. They will protect the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People have to understand that. Yeah, and they, it's crazy all calls. that all calls. the employees, and I'm not going to say they don't understand it. I'm going to say they don't believe it. Because they're within the unit as far as the employees. Mm-hmm. So they don't really feel it and don't really understand or believe that it could happen until outside and things happen. So, you know, that was a big testament. Um, you know, it, it, like you said, somebody had to be an example. Which is amazing now because the, the rules for, <clears throat> for marijuana usage now cannabis mm-hmm. is at a legal standpoint so we talked about that before how is that going to work now even though the league bans it okay what if i'm approved to have it yeah i play in denver it's legal here i'm playing cali mm-hmm. so how how does that affect yeah, how do you how do you determine yeah. that you can't, you can't, uh, uh if I'm find in my me. house, right? If I'm in my house, yeah, you can't. And we find in between me. games, we just played on Sunday, we don't play again till Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But I make all my team meetings, I make all my practices. No signs of anything, no suspicions of anything mm-hmm. while I'm at your facility. 
But then I go home after practice and I smoke a joint. Yeah, and you you do a random. And you, you do, do a random, random test. And mine's come up with marijuana. Okay, you say, hey, listen, we gonna have to, uh, we right. gonna have to find you. And I say, oh no, I got a medicinal. I got a card, and I live. To to. Uh, I'm a resident yeah. of. So smoke so. this cannabis. So um, how does that work? Yeah. You know that's that's something that. That's this commissioner has yeah. to do with. And and, and, and I, I got to do you it. know. Unfortunately, we just talked about it, but it's going to come up. It's coming. Yeah, it's it going to come Because somebody's going to fight that. Yeah. And you have so many. Definitely. You have so, you have so many and, and advocates all, for right. it that are either current or former NBA players. Yeah. That are still in contact with a lot of these current players. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the former ones that are st- still in contact with a lot of these current players. So. That's going to affect some, some revenue because yeah. the NBA deals in pharmaceutical they have a mm-hmm. ph- uh, endorsement of pharmaceutical products and also they're dealing with doctors who are prescribing medication that there's kickback from right. them using that medication so if i'm saying i'm only going to use cannabis and i'm not going to use all this other medication that you prescribing mm-hmm. me well somebody's losing money somebody's not going to be happy so it's a trickle down yeah. effect it's going to be funny to see how that plans out mm-hmm. to see how you know somebody's going somebody definitely going to say nah my doctor prescribed me this for pain instead of what you offer. Right. You know, what you offer might give me liver damage. What this is giving me is a good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another, another uh, mm-hmm. bump in the road that the NBA is dealing with now. Right. And dealing with uh, either keeping that on the list or taking it off. Right. And then if that's the case, then you're going to have to start thinking about... Uh, uh, supplements mm-hmm. that should or should not be allowed right. for a player. Right. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, I, I I think they need to do a lot more as far as the supplements because yeah. you, you got these professional athletes who have trainers, I guess, assigned to them while they're in season with the team. Then a lot you have a lot of these guys that are truly dedicated to their craft. Mm-hmm. That hire people outside of team officials or league officials that may give them something that, like we just saw recently, don't know what's banned, what's not banned. And they take it and then they go get tested and then they sew up as something that's banned substance. So I think that has to be addressed as well. You know, you got to keep these... Players in, and I mean, even if you have to require the player to say, "Look, well, I hired so and so for my off season." Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you need to have your so and so contact us so we can we talk to him about no. what you can cannot what's have, what substances are banned, whatever. I'm gonna look that up. So I'm yeah, into, I think I never really looked into what's banned in terms mm-hmm. of supplements in the NBA because it's not as a big issue as it is in football and, and right. baseball. Right. I, I I might have to dig into what's what's allowed in, in the NHL. NHL, right? yeah. Because I never really looked into that, right. like the, to really right. tap into that. And the NHL is tricky. People don't know that, but the NHL is real tricky. It's real tricky. So that was 86. So we had a major franchise expansion, Minnesota Timberwolves in 87. Major franchise, you know, bringing basketball back to Minnesota after they lost the Lakers Mm -hmm. to L.A. Uh, But more importantly, uh, we moved to 88. Basketball games prior to 88 were usually on 
NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baldy, I'm sure you remember other fans that might so be tuned ABC, in, whatever, the ABC. And Sixers were on prison. For all this, for all this new fangled, yeah, before all this new fangled mm-hmm. cable and all That's these other things. Cinemax. Sixers were on channel 17. Yeah, prison. Yep. And on prison. Them in the flyers. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, in 1888, David Stern struck a deal with Turner Broadcasting to let TNT begin to air mm-hmm. NBA games. 88 is now 2020. They've been rocking and rolling on TNT. Look at what <laughs> has become TNT man. basketball wow. right now. It show started, started in 88. 88. And 32 years ago. Back in 88, I'm sure there was no NBA on TNT. It was just an air of the game. Right, right. You got whatever little commentary came prior, mm-hmm. whatever little commentary came right after the game, and then that was it. It was back to the regular format TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you had that hour and a half, two hours of basketball that you enjoyed, and then it was right back to the basics. So, again, like we said, and look at what has happened now. It has transformed into a, con- a conglomerate where yeah. people look at the advertising that mm-hmm. people pay just to have a commercial on at the time when you're watching that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all yep. that shared revenue when we talked about contractually. Mm-hmm. That's all that shared revenue that the, that right. the Players Association fought mm-hmm. to get a piece of. Yep. You know, and... And rightly so, you know what I mean? Rightly yeah. so, they helping build the and, brand. And, and, it's only right that you get a piece of. And the growth of NBA on TNT, where now you have the host of that show, Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley. Three former players, one host. But the timeline for them has branched out so much into now you have NBA TV. Right, it's spring it springboard. Springboard. And now you have more than one show. You've got mm-hmm. NBA on TNT. You got specials on mm-hmm. TNT about the NBA. Then you've got NBA TV where you've got players only. Right. And you've got other guys like us that basically do their podcasts on TV talking about basketball. So you see the growth and you see how it's expanded. And now you have people looking forward to, it's like nobody wants to just wait and say, all right, the game's on TNT tonight, tip off is at 8, I'm going to just wait till 8 when the game starts turning. Right. No, everybody's tuned in to mm-hmm. that TNT show. Yeah. In between games, halftime, mm-hmm. everybody's tuned in to and, that TNT And social media-wise, you're tuned in to now, their ad. Yeah, now. You're so, following yeah, these dudes. You're following these dudes. They they giving you the update of what's going on. It's really just mm-hmm. pre-gaming you. It's giving you pre-gaming for yeah. what's what's definitely to come. definitely in. keeping they you found engaged. They a way to lock you in. Definitely man. keeping you engaged. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing that if if social media mm-hmm. had been had been ten years prior <sighs> to its pop, <sighs> because you gotta remember, you know, the internet in itself. I remember Brian Gumbel was on on TV in 1993. He was on TV talking about. What is the what is the the A with the little swerve around it? And they didn't have a name for it. Mm-hmm. The at sign, they didn't mm-hmm. even have a name for it. Absolutely. I mean, this was when uh, 
you got a you got a thousand a thousand minutes in the mail AOL dollar yeah. like yep. that, yeah, that's the computer era one. you sitting right, there you like, sitting there like come, come on, on green man. screen computer Apple yeah. one Apple two yep Windows ninety four now everybody got it in their hand now you have so much access to it who knew yeah who knew and yep. if you go if you take Facebook when it was just used for college college people mm-hmm. and you put your college ID you was able to access people collegiately right. and then when they opened it up and allowed Boom. everybody to get in now imagine having that 10 years prior mm-hmm. imagine having that 10 years prior that's about old two mm-hmm. imagine having that 92 that was when magic it's when the dream team was about that, yeah exactly so you so that would have there's no telling where the game would be mm-hmm. now you know what I mean? It's it's just amazing how how technology and him tapping into that technology world as a as a commissioner as well. Mm-hmm. He tapped into that technology world, that Silicon Valley world, and that pushed it on another level. Right. You know, I mean, we still got VCR tapes of 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 uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh the, the Detroit Pistons run in yeah. 88, 89, 89, 90. It's that's on VCR. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just imagine if you had that at your fingertip. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just amazing how technology played a part in pushing the envelope for the NBA, and still continues to push the envelope. And I mean, it's it's the game is beyond global now, man. It's beyond yeah. global. Like it's just it's just one of them things where I mean, I guess for every good. And every positive, there's there's a negative hit to it too, and you know the negative hit to it is players don't have to they don't have to think as much in the game than we did. Mm-hmm. Their skill set prepares them to play, right? But to be able to adapt, to be able to be that person that that can adapt in the game. I think that's missing. I think a lot of that's missing because a lot of dudes, they already, they're already preconceived, have a preconceived thought and a notion of, okay, this player can do this, this player can do that, this player can do that. Then opposed to, I didn't know if you could do all that. Right. So when when my team play yours, I gotta figure you out. Oh, okay, this boy can jump. All right, now I got a boxing. Mm-hmm. I got boxing out. Or he can't go left. Well, I figured that out by watching you play. That right. end game intuition. I think it's minimal now because they got visual and they think, mm-hmm. okay, the visual is all I need. No, you still need that end game intuition. Yeah. You know, that's what does. separates a lot of dudes. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Da-da-da. So just to touch on some other things, some things, some of the points that I think would have been or or could be argued as greater defining moments. This is all defining moments, but some of these might have been greater. Uh, just real quick. Uh, October the sixth, nineteen ninety-three, Michael Jordan's first retirement. Uh, ninety-five. We now have we got the draft in eighty-five mm-hmm. instituted. We kept going. Ninety-five. You have now a rookie scale, right? Which I think was good. Uh, international teams debuted in ninety-five. We move along, 1996, April 24th, to be exact, 
the creation of the WNBA. Also along in 96 was what could have been a very, very big moment for David Stern. 96. A lot of people labeled it the Iverson rule. Mm-hmm. The NBA dress code. Which has since been knocked down. Nullified. Basically nullified. It's kind of crazy because these dudes, they're not dressing that way now. They're dressing fashionable. That's what they call it. Fashionable. Right. That's what they call it. I mean, these dudes showing up with all types of crazy outfits on. But AI's AI's outfit was threatening. It Mm -hmm. was threatening to the brand. Right. Think about, let's go back. Let's go back to when, let's go back to when, when you never heard hip-hop music being played in the NBA stadium. It's played all the time now. All the time. You can't go You can't go in an arena. You can't even think about going Mm -hmm. to a sporting event without having hip-hop attached to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But here was a dude that came from a hip-hop era. Mm-hmm. Showing his hip hop connection, his culture. Yep. And that culture was, nah, you need to be suit and tie, suited and boot. And look at how the two look at how the two cultures are mm-hmm. intertwined. And right think now. about the players that, that preceded him uh-huh. that was telling him, nah, we professional. You need to and he like, mm-hmm. nah, this is this, this what is we me. do. This is how uncomfortable. Yeah. This is what we do. Right. So and, think and, about if he'd have been the need of that. Absolutely. We would not be there. And that was a headache that David Stern had to deal with. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. How do we correlate the two? Because mm-hmm. the, brand, the brand of kids that's coming in here, that, I mean, this is pre-tattoo mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Pre-tattoo yes. era. Yeah. I mean, to have a tattoo on your shoulder was almost like, whoa, we got a tattoo. Mm-hmm. He's a gang. He, he's something going yeah. on with him. We got to keep our eye on him. Now look at the league. Yep. Now look at it. Absolutely. You tattooed it up to your throat. Up to your neck. To your chin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This, this is kind of crazy how all that yeah. how all that transpired. One that you mentioned, Baldy, earlier, 2002, the emergence of Yao Ming mm-hmm. and the NBA. 2004, November 19th to be exact, mm-hmm. the malice at the palace. Yep. Hand check rule, which changed the game. Softened the game up a little bit, I think. Dress code was actually implemented now, October 17th, 2005. Mm. But again, still centered around one Allen Iverson. Uh, let's see. The Tim Donaghy referee scandal. The second NBA lockout in 2011. The halts of the Chris Paul trade. Amazing. 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 Amazing how that played out. I find that amazing, though. Yeah, it's really amazing how that played out. When you think about it, even to now, to Mm -hmm. to not allow that trade to go through was kind of crazy, especially after you see all the trades that happened after After that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, man. 
That's Definitely. That, yeah, that yeah. was real. That was real. Was real skeptical. Yes, it was. So there you have it, folks. It is now 1224, 24 minutes past the noontime hour. Hope you enjoyed what we just gave you. That is our take, our homage to David Stern. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we talked two weeks prior about a conversation that we had with the duos in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And when we return, we'll pick up with that topic.